Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Event podcast, and we've got some uh, rock star guests with us today. Um, I'm Jeff Porter, CEO of Hambit, and we've got Lori Mackay, and I'm Elise Neugebauer. They are event experts, and we are today going to talk about the event entrance experience, that first impression that your guests are going to get when they show up at your event, uh, because we think that first impressions are absolutely the most important. You know, back in the day when, you know, kind of prior to everybody using technology, you know, it was always the event exit that was frustrating people because they were standing in long lines at the end of the event waiting to check out and get all their stuff. That's really kind of transitioned now, you know, and I think this day and age to what is the experience like from the moment that they buy a ticket to your event, get in their car, and get there. Right. And all the way through, I mean, let's just talk, talk about arriving. Let's also talk about what, what actually happens when they walk in the door, like if they walk in the right door, of course. Right. So anyway, important. that's key. <laughs> and we've talked about this a lot. Right. I mean, I think, you know, we we kind of gather, you know, on a weekly basis and kind of talk about how certain events went. And it seems to be that the the entrance topic seems to be the one that comes up the most in terms of what our observations have been. So, you know, it's I kind of equated to like. I was um, I landed in Dallas one day, and I was going to stay in this hotel. And so I'm either going to Uber to the hotel or they have a shuttle. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to save some money. I'm just going to get in the shuttle. And I call the hotel. Yes, sir, we have a shuttle. It comes every 10 minutes. It should be there in the next five. Well, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Then the shuttle comes by, blows right past me, okay? Ugh. Yes, and then goes back to the hotel. I call the hotel again. Oh, I'm sorry. He missed you. He'll come back around. He comes back around again, blows past me again. Okay. And so then I end up in the Uber. I walk into the hotel and how happy was I to be at this hotel? I was so unhappy. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Bad first impression. Should have Ubered first. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That first event experience, especially fundraising events, we're looking to create the most conducive environment for people to give money. Right. We want to. But that's the objective. We want them to be in a giving mood. What be would you in say? a giving mood. Right. Yeah. Right. So you want them happy. And yeah. if the shuttle blew past me, I wouldn't feel like I was in a giving mood. So then you maybe need a, a backup plan yes. <laughs> for people. So agreed. And I think that to start out, I mean, getting the information to your guests ahead of time. You, is there parking? Is there valet? What should they expect? What should they bring? Is there even a coat check if it's winter? There's there's lots of things that you can preemptively tell them, and that will just lead into a good start. I agree, especially where to park. Yeah, you know, I just ran an outdoor parking? fundraiser as an outdoor concert a few weeks ago, and and we send out in an email we send out a map. So we go on a Google Maps, you know, we take a snapshot of the venue and the location, and then we start drawing in red boxes like park here. Right. And then here's the entrance. Right. Because people need to know where to go. They don't want to kind of guess, especially if the weather's bad. Right. Yeah. I worked an event um, that was at a botanic gardens in town and it was a beautiful venue. But there was 
three or four different parking lots. It was kind of confusing as you're driving in, which parking lot was I supposed to park in again? But they had signs. They had signs and clear signage pointing them to where they were going with these balloons that really pointed out like, oh, this is the event that I'm going to because they would actually have more than one event at this venue. And so it had to be clear like where you were going to park. So I thought that that was an excellent idea too. That is. You know, I went and we toured a venue recently in Denver and, and, you know, the question had come up like, so where do the guests park? And the venue owner says, well, they park around the corner. There's a parking garage. And now what's going through my head is, okay, well, how far of a walk is that? And what do you mean by around the corner? Yeah. So, well, she pointed. And so I saw it. (laughs) I'm like, okay, there's a parking garage. How far of a walk? That's probably 200 yards. If it's raining at my event, that's a bad experience. Right? So I'm like, oh, can we do valet? She's like, sure. A lot of our folks do valet. I'm like, okay, we're definitely going to have to have a valet option if I'm going to make my guests walk 200 yards to the to the building, right? Mm-hmm. I like valet. And just letting people know, you know, like Elise said, when they're heading to the event, you know, what do they need to bring with them? Do they need to have a ticket to this event? How about a phone? How about a phone? <laughs> Most people bring phones, but I mean. They leave them in their car, yeah. though. Or do you need or, your wallet? Yes, a yeah. cash bar. Let them know ahead Is it going to be? Well, right? I would want to know if there's a cash yes. bar. I mean, hopefully nowadays they have a Venmo option. I, w- nice. I went to an event as a guest last year. It was only a cash bar, and the drinks were very expensive. And it was like trying to round up dollar bills. <laughs> it was it was rough. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So they so they get there right, and you've now told them where to go right. So right. they know where to park. Hopefully, valet right. I do love that option too, especially if it's free or okay. close in. Or close in. Right. Or I had one event where it was a really big event, and they had people in golf carts driving their guests from the parking up to the golf cart with the golf cart to the event. So it was pretty cool because they'd that's all drive fun. up, and they'd it's be all really happy, fun. and they served them a drink in the golf cart. Oh. That's fancy. No, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice touch. That is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. So they get there, and, and I think you know if you're going to have them walk in the door, are, are they going to be waiting outside to get in, or right. are they going to be waiting inside? And how important is that in certain climates? Right. I yeah. mean, summer, even here, and we have pretty mild summers, you don't want to stand out in the sun. Then if it's raining or snowing or freezing, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of... <laughs> yeah, so you got to think about that. Like, okay, so how big is that check-in area where they're going to come in and register and what are they going to be doing outside of there? And do you have some sort of cover for them, you know, special or heat lamps or something? If or a with- corralling yeah. station. Yeah. Do you have a system, stanchions? You can make them do the Disney walk with the stanchions. Oh, oh I don't know if that would make them <laughs> Back and forth and back. No, we would definitely suggest against that. <laughs> no, no significant stanchions. Right. Yeah. That was my experience at the airport the other day. It was completely empty in security. And I'm like, can you just take down some of these ropes or do you just want to watch me? Yeah. You're literally walking a half mile to get to the, (laughs) to get to security through stanchions. (laughs) No, hopefully you've got a good enough check-in, you know, process in place where you don't have to put up the Disney line, right? We call it the Disney line, right? Yeah. The no, Disney no line. offense to Disney. None. By the way, you guys are awesome people. We love Disney. And you definitely Could be universal line. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but with that said, yeah. you also need to have somebody at the door. The yeah. person at the door needs to be knowledgeable on where to go next, um, especially if you're check-in or your location that they're going to be going to next in your process for the guest experience is actually away from the door. 
So head down there, a line manager. Um, I have worked many events where you have somebody at the door, then you have somebody down the hall, then you have somebody down the next hall. Why? Because the venue is gigantic. (laughs) They need to figure out. VIP this way and general check-ins that way. It's important for them to know that. They don't, you don't want your VIPs walking into the general check-in line. That's like your TSA pre-person walking through the regular security line, right? That's not what you want. So you, I think it is a good idea to have somebody there or at least really clear signage right when you walk in the door in a well-lit area. By the way, we've been to a lot of events where I'm like, you really want them to walk down that creepy dark staircase again? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't walk down that creepy dark staircase. So we've we've been to places where we've moved check-in. Like we've shown up and been like, oh, no, it cannot happen here. (laughs) So anyway, well lit. You walk in. You see the sign. VIP this way. General admission that way. Get your phones out. Get your credit cards out. However you want to say it in in a, you know, I'd say like a, in a delicate way to say, hey, you're here to spend money tonight, right? And you're going to do it on your phone in most cases. So let's get all that ready to go before you show up, right? So you yeah. mean, you're checking in, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, would it be Visa or MasterCard tonight? And they're like, yeah. oh, I left well, my purse in the car. Like oh, the security line, yeah. have your driver's license ready. Yep. So that you're not fumbling looking for your driver's license at. Yeah. Just don't don't use the TSA guys that scream down the aisle about how much liquid's in your... <laughs> don't yell at your guests (laughs) that's a good lesson but i do also like to have someone very close in who can kind of direct because sometimes if you have a large group of people you know it's hard to know do i go in that line is there a line open is there someone who can help me and if you have a line marshal at the very right up at the table who can say hey we have someone open over here i think that's great and absolutely it makes you feel good you're like someone's looking out for me yeah, I don't have to figure out the process. Right. Like, you don't want your donors and your guests to come in, like, having to have to figure out how this event's working for you. You need to make it clear, spell it out. Um, I liken it to when I go on a cruise. Like, nothing's better than going on a cruise because you can check your brain at the door and you just walk in and it's all about, like, having a great experience on the cruise. And they provide that opportunity with lots of people directing you where to go so that you're not lost on the cruise ship, usually. Because they're pretty big. But it's just a great experience. It gives you that guest experience. We want them to come in and and be freed up emotionally to be able to support the event that you're at. This is the hospitality side, right? I mean, and and if you think about great hotel experiences and the one I gave earlier, that first impression, it starts with the hotel shuttle. The next person it starts with is the doorman. And then after that, it's the person at the front desk. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so – Think about it. We're talking about the same type of process, right? How they arrive, how they enter, right? And then what is that check-in experience like? And, you know, I think you can diffuse a lot of stress with all the things we're talking about. The other thing that I think we've seen I love, um, not to promote alcohol, but it does work, right? Hand them a drink when they walk in the door. Or it doesn't even have to be alcoholic. If it's a hot day, an iced tea or lemonade would be Bottle of water. Great, ice right? cold bottle yes. of water. With a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> would be delicious. Or a Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> Bring it and back. Maybe have your, maybe have your choices. <laughs> have some options there when yes. they come in. You guys can pick whatever drink you right. want, but I'm telling you. what. Here, so here's what, this is why you need a line marshal now, though. Because once people start, they'll stand in line now because they have a drink in their hand, right? Because normally when they walk in the door, they see the line they see past the line and they see the bar and they're thinking oh my gosh i have to go through all of this just to get to the bar Mm -hmm. and if you take the bar and you bring it out 
and you just give them a drink, all of a sudden they'll stand in line and they'll chit chat. Yeah. And that's why you need the line marshal to be like, hey. <laughs> go, go inside. Lori's available to check you in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Stop talking to your yes. friend in line, you know. So I think definitely th- those types of things work. And there's a there's a famous Texas barbecue. There's one down in Colorado Springs, Rudy's Barbecue. Have you been down to that one? No, I, ha- oh, I have not. <laughs> so Rudy's, when you walk in the door, they've got the, the Disney Universal line, whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, yeah, the but, stanchions. But there's a trough of beer. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. I have. There's it's a trough tasty. of beer. So you, you go in and you grab your beer, you open it, you stand in line and you drink it, and then you put your empties on the counter and they charge you for them when they take your food order. <laughs> oh, wow. That's such a great idea. Isn't it? Yeah. I also like having maybe entertainment. You know, I put on an event for our school and we have maybe a couple kids in orchestra play a little song. I mean, we're raising money for the kids. So you have a couple orchestra kids playing. I saw one where there were like dancers. And so some kind of entertainment, something to keep their mind off of waiting is always my good. favorite. My favorite most recently was a photo booth. They had a photo booth as you walked in to the venue. So you went through the front door. There was a big photo booth there. They were handing out appetizers, and they were giving out their signature drink. It was just one drink. Uh, So people were walking through that photo booth, and it disseminated the line. So it appeared as if there wasn't a check-in line when there actually really was. It's just they had stuff to do before they entered into the the actual check-in experience. So it diffused the line, which was awesome. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. The other one I saw that was good was there was a really big football game on. And so you could tell people were super annoyed. And so in the check-in area, they put TVs up on stands (laughs) with the football game on. Genius. (laughs) Or what about TVs that have, um, maybe if you have auction items at your event, TVs that are displaying variety of auction items and activity happening as well would be kind of cool. So people have something to look at, like the Disney line when they have the entertaining TVs and the different things to keep you busy. So the line shouldn't be so long that you require a giant entertainment venue before (laughs) they go in. But we're asking, let's disseminate a little bit. You know, again, that staggered check-in as well, like have a VIP time, have a little bit more longer time for people to come before dinner so that they're not all arriving at the same time as another tip yeah. i think planning i mean we have events on thursday nights friday nights and knowing that people are coming right from work they're going to feel frazzled they're they might roll in late they had a late day at work and just knowing that having enough time that your guests can make it and especially those people you you want to donate <laughs> yeah, so you're saying five o'clock check-in on a Friday night is probably a bad idea, it's especially probably. if you decided to make it a like dressy event, mm. right? Yeah, that would frustrate me yes. too, for sure. No dressy events on Thursday nights. <laughs> <laughs> Friday maybe. <laughs> the later in the day that you do check-in, the better. But um, yeah. if you are, I, I love the VIP check-in yes. concept. If you're going to do one of those, please check them in there. Okay, <laughs> so yes. we've seen a lot of events where like, I'm going to do VIP from five to six, but I'm not going to check in any right. of them. And then here is a hundred people going to walk down the stairs and they're going to check in all at once. Like, that's nah, a bad, that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. The timing of your, of your arrival of your guest yeah. is going to make it better for them. And I love giving a time range. Yes. Arrival is between five to seven. Appetizers are going to be served cocktail hour. 
you know, let them know what's going to be happening during that time so that they can determine how much time they have to get there before the event truly starts with the actual, you know, program or dinner or entertainment that you're offering. So really being clear with your guests before they arrive and give them that breathing room. And check in your board members early, please. I mean, yes. they're going to show up early anyway, and it's, you know, you've got a check-in team trying to get everything organized, and it's check-in starting at 5.30, and it's 5 o'clock, and these people want to check in. So mm. just get them kind of taken care of in advance. You know, you, you know what the plan's going to be. You don't need them showing up 15 minutes before check-in. You can get all that taken care of. So some other gotchas at check-in. I think having enough volunteers to help and whether that's doing check-in at tables where you're giving out paddles where you're taking credit cards um, the line marshals and find what that volunteer is gifted at you know you're not going to have someone not comfortable on a computer be at a computer have them be somewhere else you cannot have too many volunteers right ever no i agree especially at check-in ever I, I've never worked an event where I'm Especially like... Especially if they're good and they show up on time. Yeah. Yes. I've never worked an event where I'm like, oh, man, I wish we didn't have that many volunteers. <laughs> it's usually the reverse. It's usually the, oh, man, we really could have used some people to help, you know, get the stuff to the people that are needed. You know, when you're planning your experience for your guest, what is your objective for their reason for checking in? Why are they checking in with you? Is it to get, like Elise said, the paddle number for the live auction? Is it to get access to a mobile device or something, you know, to to be able to bid online? Is it to give them drink tickets? Which I'll tell you, if you give drink tickets out at check-in, people will not skip check-in. Right. Ever. (laughs) Ever. So drink tickets, Are you or are you doing too much at check-in? I think we experience it that as well, where we're trying to do – 50 things at check-in and it's frustrating to the guests. So my suggestion is having more of a tiered check-in experience where maybe they check in to make sure they're registered to participate in giving, whatever that looks like for you. And then maybe they go down the hall for their drink tickets and a name tag if you decide you want to do name tags at your event, which is a whole nother podcast for us. (laughs) (laughs) But having a tiered experience. So they come in, they do one thing with you, then they do one thing with somebody else, and then they they they're moving along in yeah. the process. And we've seen this as a challenge, right? When you when you think about what you're asking your check-in staff to do to your point, like don't make them check in coats, whatever you do. Like have a coat check, yes. okay? We've seen it all, right? Have it I've checked in coats. I've given out drink tickets. I've <laughs> given out raffle tickets. I've validated parking. I've sold t-shirts. I've given you a coupon based on what kind of meal you want, mm. okay? I've checked That's IDs and yeah. put on bracelets. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of those things, to your point, I think can be kind of pushed further down the road. You can you can get meal choice right off of their ticket, right? So you can go ahead and get that pre-planned, or you can have them go to a different station where they can just ask one person, "Hey, I have a special meal request. I need you know gluten free, or I need a vegan meal, or something like that." Give them the ticket and let them go on. Don't please don't do that at check-in. The other thing I I would say is is if you have all these things, you've got VIP wristbands or you've got drink tickets or whatever, and it varies based on who they are, please don't put them in a folder with their name on it behind there, right? Just all of that can be in whatever check-in system you're using, and you can just grab them and hand them to them. Because what I've seen a lot of is you go to grab their folder, and it's like, okay, this is what they get. And then you hand it to them, they're like, oh, no, I'm a VIP. Where's my VIP wristband? And you're like, it's not in here. <laughs> yes, that's a great point. A yes. VIP should never have to say I'm a VIP. 
because they're a VIP. Yes. Like, so their experience should be different and it should be elevated beyond the experience of a general guest. Not that they're not all important, but a VIP should never have to say, I'm a VIP at all, all night. They should know it and they should feel special because that's what they are. I like a VIP check-in. I like a VIP cocktail hour. I like a VIP lanyard. I like a VIP, I mean, whatever it is. VIP entrance. A crown. They could wear a crown, a sash, (laughs) (laughs) whatever you want for them. Make them feel as uncomfortable as you want, Yes, totally. (laughs) They should have light up everything. But I mean, me. I'm a VIP. (laughs) I'm a VIP. But check-in, I mean, discover the purpose of your check-in and walk through it yourself before the event. As somebody, just try to put on clean eyes and and demo what it would look like for somebody to walk into your event. Are they going to have a wonderful experience walking into your event? And the point is, I was given the analogy the other day in a coaching session with a client. You know, you're inviting them into your home. When somebody comes into your home, you greet them, you make them feel welcome, you ensure they have a drink, you get tell them where things are and kind of how things work. This is your event. You're walking, you're bringing them into your home and asking them to give you money, no less. And that's the type of check-in staff you want when you're talking about making sure that you map the right type of skill set to the job, right? Yeah. You can put the Attila the Hun dictator out in the parking to make sure that people are parking in the right place. Don't put them at the door to greet people, right? Mm. You know, and the same thing with check-in, right? I mean, to your point, it's like, you need to ask them how their night is going. Like, hey, how's it going? I've been to so many events where someone's like this and they look at me and go, name? I'm like, is that really how you want to like start the conversation? Like, I don't want to start the conversation that way. I was like, hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Can I get your last name? I'll get you checked in for this event. And then they tell it to you. And then you can start having a conversation with them, right? And you can make it light, you know, in the sense of saying stuff like, um, well, are you both going to be bidding tonight? And they'll look at each other and like, I don't know. And like, oh, well, who just wants to pay the bill at the end of the night? <laughs> you know, and then they laugh and say, I'm going to, my wife will do it, you know, and okay, great. Let's get you set up on your phone. But do you want to use his credit card? And she always says yes, yes. right? So <laughs> anyway, that kind of stuff, I think, kind of lightens it and gives people yeah. a little bit more. Like, so here's what you guys need to do next. Like, co check's over there. Bar's right over there. Here's your two drink tickets. Here's the bathroom. Right. Yep. That's a big one. Yeah. Usually they get asked. And you should, your staff should know where all these things are, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And your staff should also know the information of the night. People will ask, when is the auction closing? When will the bars close? You know, um, how how long do I have to get my car at the end? When's dinner? Thanks. Yes. Yeah, what is where the am I sitting? Pack right? up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is, there, is there yeah. an after party? Yeah. yeah. So just, you don't need to share that with everyone because that will just take extra time. But no, have that knowledge. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah. that makes sense. And then... Um, if you're doing seating, one of the things I've also noticed is is that it's really hard for your check-in team to be able to handle all of the seating issues that people have. So you should have somebody from your organization who's kind of in charge of the tables to be able to handle that. And you can escalate those issues when they walk in saying, well, I don't want to sit with Elise. Like, I want to sit at this other table. I'm like, well, I'm really not the person that can make that decision. But, oh, Lori can help you at the end of the table with your seating issue. Yeah. Or, or I love it when we have seating assignments and the availability to be able to view seating assignments right at the door as they're walking into dining. Because if you think about most events, there's a cocktail hour, they're hanging out, they're hopefully drinking, having a good time, perusing auction items and other fun games that they're doing as well. 
they're going to forget what their table number is. They could even misplace it if you wrote it on something. They don't know half the time. So just having that uh, option for them to be able to have somebody at the door that can just, oh, hey, Bob, welcome. So glad to see you. You're table 13. Right. Yes. Just to give them that peace of mind. Again, you're welcoming them into your home. You want them to know where they can sit and how that's going to work. And if you've got software, and I know we do this, you can send them that text message that's like, welcome, Lori. You're bitter number 123, and you're sitting at, sitting at table you know, 16, right? And I now that's, that. it's yeah. in their phone. They can see that's it. They great. can remember that. I'm in that way. They can check their text if they forget. They can time it too, where you have your cocktail hour. You can send a strategic text message out to your guests right when cocktail hour is ending and they're ready to head into the dining room. The dining room is now open. Don't forget you're seated at table 12. Right. Have fun. Silent auction closes at six. (laughs) Something along those lines. Don't forget your paddle number. Bring it with you. Yep. Or you can even put your paddle number on the text. Yes. Even better. Yep. So I think that just keeping that constant flow of information from the moment they come in until the moment they get checked in. And then after check-in, what's their next process? You know, where are they going next? And so knowing that, saying, oh, you're going to head over here to get your name tag. I actually worked an event that had name tags before you actually checked in. And I had the best time at check-in messing around with people because they would walk up, forget that they had their name tag on. And I was like... Elise, welcome. I'm so glad you made it. And then they think I know them and they don't know because it's so funny yes. watching their faces. But it loosened them up and they were like, oh, you know, they felt welcome. And so it's the, also super handy because you know how to spell. You can spell Elise. their name. I guarantee with my name, I'm spelling first or last or both. Yes, you are yeah. spelling first. So that's for sure. I'm a big fan of if you're going to do name tags, do it ahead of time. Yes, agreed. Yes. And don't make them the ones that you have to pin. <laughs> I like a lanyard. I think a lanyard's a I nice a la- option. Yeah. It the, doesn't get stuck the in your hair. sticker doesn't work yeah. on the polyester the dresses hard, that women wear. Yeah. And then the ones that you have to pin on. We were at one event and... And that's kind of awkward. Yes, it is a little awkward. And then, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, can you just do it for me? You know, because I'm trying to do this and I'm, I'm going to stick myself. There's no doubt about it. And so now the check-in lady's like standing up and like pinning my name. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting no. personal here. I was like, hello. <laughs> hello. That's weird. And I, I don't just like had to put a breath mint, so it's totally good. Yeah. Who yeah. wants to put holes in their clothing either? Right. I don't. No. And everybody will wear a lanyard. Yeah. If you put them at the tables, they're not going to put them on. No. They're just not. But if you put them on at the beginning, then they think they have credentials. And then they feel yeah. important. I like that point. I think that's a good one mm-hmm. for sure. Let's talk about a couple. I mean, we've got stories, right? I mean, I'm sure. And we've talked about kind of the best practices. They'd be fun to kind of talk about some of the check-in disasters we've seen. I was at an event where check-in was at the top of the escalator. (laughs) (laughs) So what did they do with the line, Jeff? Did they just consolidate and just get smushed into the Well, we showed up and I was like, can you get them to turn the escalator off? Well, why would we do that? Then the guests have to walk up the stairs. I said, because you literally have like five or 600 people coming tonight and you've got six check-in desks like literally 10 feet off the top of the escalator how do you expect that's going to work that's a hazard yes that's got to be like a fire hazard (laughs) at that point yeah that's scary yeah couple with one year i went to this event and check-in was downstairs and the event was on the fifth floor okay and i was by myself and i'm thinking okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get a workout i'm gonna get an elevator workout (laughs) so i walk in there i'm like hey do you have the check-in volunteers that um, that you promise, like, yep, they're right over there. I look over there, it is eight 
fifth graders. <laughs> I said, Aww. okay, they're not going to work out, right? He's like, okay, well, there's a couple of older sisters. So I ended up with like four ninth graders out of the mix. It's all kids. It was a kid's event. So I take the four ninth graders, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put you on these computers, and you guys are going to have to just check these people in. And they had name tags, but they they were not pre-done. Oh, they had and to so, write name tags? Well, but the ninth graders were doing it. And so I came running back downstairs, and I look, and I'm like, oh, let them let them write their own name because <laughs> you see it like one girl would write elise and then she <laughs> put a heart at the top <laughs> and you're like can you go over there to do your craft yes <laughs> i think anything where the check-in people are handwriting whether it's name tags paddles i understand why you'd want to for paddles but if you're going to do that, please figure out your volunteers who have handwriting that you can read. The worst, one of the worst I was at was where someone couldn't, you could not read the paddle numbers that were written because the handwriting was so bad. <laughs> or small. Yes. The space that they or have for can, it is yes. so small that right. there's no way an auctioneer right. would ever be able no. to read that paddle. And you're no. just, you're losing money. Yeah. Well, the best is when they give you the big piece of like it's on the back of the program right that's like what everybody likes to do is i'll make the back of my program blank and i'm going to give everybody a sharpie and they're just going to write their paddle on there right and then i was at an event and one of the staff there like literally wrote my paddle number like this big on like right. an eight and a half by, and i was like oh can i borrow your sharpie like, I, I feel sorry for your auctioneer today <laughs> and have pens if you are going to write anything have pens that work mm-hmm. yeah oh that yeah. that would be nice it's yeah <laughs> Seems basic, but the event, one of the events that I've worked that was a struggle at che- that check-in for sure, or just the guest experience in general, the, from the beginning, they didn't know where they were going. By the time they showed up, it was at this enormous, beautiful hotel. Well, nobody knew where anybody was supposed to be. By the fi- time they finally showed up at check-in, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. I'm going to say it right now. When you separate check-in alphabetically, oh, if you're going yes. to do that, you need to look at your guest list in advance and and separate it according to Evenly. how many people are yes. in an alphabet. Um, so There's not a lot of X's. <laughs> they had like A through L, and then and I'm talking seven eight hundred people at this event. The A through L people were pulling their hair out. It was so stressful. They had. Um, all these people just gathered around one line. Meanwhile, X Y Z is empty. And then they also had the packet alphabetically. So you really couldn't help them much because they had a system of they had packets and they were all alphabetical and everything was really particular in the packet based on what level the person was. It was so much happening at check-in, whereas we could have just had the packets behind the check-in and then allowed people to go to whatever line they wanted to go to. So by the time they finally made it through check-in, then they had to go down another long haul. It really wasn't clear about how to get to the actual ballroom for the event. So it was just a, a frustrating experience as somebody working the event. And I can only imagine the frustration of the people by the time they got there. And then when they were at the event, not to continue on too much, but when they were at the event, they had three really loud bars in the room where they were having the program. So while they were trying to have their emotional ask to raise money, there were people partying loud 
at the bar. Oh, they weren't part of the event. No, they were part of the event. Oh, you should shut the bar down for that. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. I was leading to that. They should have shut the bar down, but it was really awkward because it was this beautiful reason that they're there. It was a really great organization. The reason that they were there, but people were so loud at the bar that they couldn't hear. Right. And that, that ruined the experience for the people in the ballroom as well, trying to give to something that they find to be super important. What yeah. about the one I heard about? This was one of our other staff members. There was the bar right next to check-in, and people didn't know which line they were in. <laughs> Ooh. I've been to an event like that. They kind of merge together. You know, I, I think you're, you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about the splitting up the names. So one of the very first events we did, we show up, and they had split up all the names. And, but they put the signs in front of the table. And so once everybody started lining up, you, didn't, you can't see the you line, can't see anything. And <laughs> so we were like, hey, you know, can we just let them go wherever? No, because what they had next to each one of the check-in team was they had this contact card. And they wanted you to hand the guest the contact card and say, well, you just look through this and make sure everything's correct. And if it's not, oh, if any of your information is not correct, here's a pen where you fix it. Oh, okay? wow. So we're trying to do check-in. I'm like, this is just going to be a total mess. Well, the person next to me who was holding the cards, she dropped them all. So and so now they're order. out of order. Okay. And so she picks them all up and then everybody's coming up and she's flipping through these cards looking for their name. I'm like, can we kill the contact card? Can we just, you know, but that's the type of stuff. I think a lot of people feel like check-in is the great opportunity to like, let me just get all your information up to speed. I, I, we did a school auction and they, if you had a tuition bill due, no. And you showed up? No. Yes. They wanted you they wanted you to take care of it. <laughs> oh boy. Please don't do that. <laughs> no. like, oh, that's really weird. Isn't it crazy? I was like, uh, can that go over there? Exactly. <laughs> Out of this space. You know, but um and then one event we did recently, it was kind of similar. Like everybody thinks that they're saving all this time by prepackaging everything or pre assigning paddle numbers and I, I think in, in almost every case, you create more chaos than you do, you know, uh, solve any problem, right? And, you've, and you slow check in down. And so at this event, they had these boxes of paddles in these manila folders. Yes. And they're all go- they went from like, you know, whatever, like 200 or 100 up to, you know, 1,000 or whatever. And they're in this long row. And then in front of that, we had 12 check-in stations. And there was enough space for literally no one to walk. Because when you sat in your chair, like behind you, there was probably maybe one or two feet. And so you'd be at one end and you'd be like, I need paddle 126, right? Yeah. And that's way down there. And then they'd start handing them down, okay? And then they'd hand it to you. You'd open it up and they'd be like, well, where are my drink tickets? I I don't know. Well, I get two drink tickets. Where are they, right? Well, what do you do at this point? Because paddle 126 is full. Or they put them in. They put them in the wrong folder, right? And so that's where none of that stuff works. All of that stuff is just, I think, a disaster to do it that way. Give your check-in staff a stack of drink tickets, a stack of VIP wristbands, a stack of anything they need to hand to that guest. Get rid of all of that, right? Give them a stack of paddle numbers. They can type in the paddle number, hand that to them. They'll say, oh, you're a VIP. 
and you get two drink tickets, give them those and be done. Right? And plus, isn't it better experience for the guest instead of having to have to open a packet and you have that little bit of anxiety like, well, did I get what I needed for this event? I don't know. Let me open my packet first to see. <laughs> oh, no, I don't have what I need. As opposed to, hey, Bob, thank you so much for coming tonight. Here's your two drink tickets. Here's your paddle number. We're going to send you a link for the silent auction. Your next step is to head down there and get your name tag. Yeah. Like, isn't that just a more hospitable way of, in, you know, bringing somebody into your event than here's your packet? Yep. Figure it out yourself. I think, I think just overall, making it easy for your volunteers, making it easy for your guests, making it easy for your staff. If you're just, you should just go into the event thinking, let, how easy can I make it? I think simple's easy. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, no, it's a great conversation. I think that, you know, going, kind of going back what we talked about, right? From that first email through where, like, where do they park? How are they entering? What is that experience like up to that front desk experience? Like you're checking into the hotel, like what are you having them do? Right. Um, and then entrance into the event itself, super key, right? They walk in there, they're happy. They're in that giving mood, you know, versus the, the bad mood as, or as my daughter likes to say, they're all who's and they're not Grinches, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You definitely want to set that, that scene. And then you can hand it over to the dinner experience. And from that point forward, yeah. you have a program and dinner and you wrap it up nicely. And potentially in one of these podcasts, we'll talk about a good exit for yes. guests as yes. well. But for check-in or for the moment they come in, whether you do a check-in or not for your event, yeah. they, they need to have a great experience introducing them to the yeah. process. We could riff for hours on event experiences, especially the the bad ones. <laughs> but there's been many good ones. There's a lot of good ones. We're not, not here to tell you they're all more, bad. More good than bad. Yes. I think but more good than bad. After this episode, yours is going to be a good one, right? That's our intent. For yes. Sure. yes. So good luck. Yep. <laughs> yes. Good luck with it. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>